From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services. This is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And joining us today by telephone from New York City is Father Andrew Cialetti, who is the chief chaplain at the VA New York Harbor Healthcare System. Father Cialetti, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you uh, giving me the opportunity to share uh, my experience uh, going over those uh, pandemic times. And, uh, of course, the topic of our conversation is that pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. We're recording this podcast on May 15th, and since March 4th, when the first coronavirus case was reported in the VA out in Palo Alto, California, to date there have been more than 11,000 cases reported among veterans, VA employees, veteran employees, and civilian patients. Father Cialetti, you're there in New York City, the epicenter of the pandemic. What has your life been like the past two and a half months? Well... First of all, it hasn't feel like two months. I tell the truth, it feels like closer to two years. You know, the days feel like weeks and the weeks like months. There is so much happening every day with the information we receive that often changes daily and sometimes hourly. We went from uh, having our regular patients, uh, medical, surgical, mental health, to preparing uh, for this surge of COVID-19 patients. So we safely discharged patients uh, for a surge that we can never imagine. In fact, uh, including taking in civilians, non-veterans, uh, as overflow from area hospitals, uh, such as uh, in Queens, where there are heavily uh, COVID-19 uh, cases. Now, uh, well, we are dealing with much lower census as a result of some positive stories, like discharges home, but of course, sad to say, some of the losses. According to the May 15th statistics, there have been almost 9,000 recoveries. That's good news. Absolutely. That's the good news. That's the good news. Well, uh, Father Cialetti, uh, let's back up a little bit. Uh, you are the chief chaplain there in the VA New York Harbor Healthcare System. How many chaplains under you there? Well, uh, in the harbor, we have uh, three Catholic priests, three Protestant uh, chaplains, one uh, part-time Muslim chaplain, and also uh, one full-time Jewish chaplain. And... I suppose this question would apply to you as well as them, but uh, since you cannot come in direct contact with COVID-19 sufferers, how do you provide for their pastoral care? Well, uh, that's a very good question to reflect on. First of all, since the beginning, uh, we were deemed to be uh, essential workers by the VA, and therefore, we were right from the beginning um, there present in caring for our veterans. In the beginning, uh, because of uh, the limited amount of PPEs, those are the protective uh, uh, equipment, we're not able to go into the room. Um, so what we did is that we provided care 
through the phone, those who are able to uh, communicate. Um, from the glass window, uh, we offered uh, comfort and care. Um, with uh, Roman Catholics who wanted communion, um, we had uh, this uh, arrangement if a nurse or a doctor was Catholic and felt comfortable, uh, who was caring for the patient, was given the opportunity in a small cup to bring the Eucharist, and the priest will see the patient, pray with as they're receiving communion. Uh, the anointing was a challenge, uh, obviously, because uh, of the limited amount of uh, PPE available in the beginning. Now we have plenty, obviously, even before we did, but we didn't want to deprive you know, the medical uh, folks uh, from having uh, the opportunity to have those PPEs. So what we did is, uh, in rare situations, we entered the room, we anointed. But, of course, the Church has uh, given us a reminder that there is something uh, in our tradition called the perfect act of contrition, meaning that if the person in their heart, they feel um, uh, sorry for their sins, God forgives them, and also the spiritual communion. If they couldn't receive the Eucharist, this is especially for the loved ones um, and also some of the patients, then they made a spiritual communion. But we were definitely there to provide in any way we can the sacrament. So a spiritual communion is when uh, uh, spiritually you're seen as receiving the Eucharist, even though Correct. physically Correct. Uh, you did not receive it. Uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, the experience of anointing the sick through a window. Well, this has been a challenge because we really, technically speaking, we're supposed to anoint the person in the room. So we, in exceptions, entered the room, but we rather used the what we call the apostolic blessing, which is a form of absolution and also um, gives you, you know, uh, the opportunity not to suffer the temporary punishment. So we did it. That way, from the window, we, uh, if we couldn't enter the room to anoint a person. Uh, but like I said, in some situations, we did enter the room. What has it been like ministering to the families of the COVID-19 patients there in New York? Well, that's a big challenge. The families and loved ones, you know, it's hard enough to be uh, a patient and to have... Uh, the loved one uh, coming into the hospital to see uh, the veteran or non-veteran sick. Now imagine uh, they were not allowed because of uh, health reasons to come into the rooms, into the buildings. So we, the chaplains, had to offer comfort to the loved ones, often going down and looking at the v veteran and uh, seeing how the veteran is doing and uh, going back and telling them, I saw your husband, I saw your son. Um, we couldn't give medical information because we are not really um, the experts or really uh, allowed to do so. Uh, we are there to provide spiritual and religious care. But the iPads have been extremely, extremely um, powerful. I had several situations in which uh, the loved one watched as... Uh, the veteran received communion, or uh, in few situations, when we entered, being anointed. 
Um, so we did provide care and support for the loved ones. Does the hospital yeah. provide the iPads? Yes, yes. We do have uh, the availability of iPads, and uh, often that was always in the past, but now more so. I mean, I've seen, you've seen on the news and similar uh, what we've seen in the VA, lots of folks uh, who are saying goodbye and some folks who are just uh, wanted to see their loved ones. There's happy stories and sad stories, if you want to put in those terms, but beautiful experiences. The other one we did is praying with the loved one and the iPad and uh, the loved ones joining hands and you can see their tears. But thank God for this technology that we're able at least to be present virtually in the room. And uh, according to the statistics I've seen, there's been over 1,200, almost 1,300 uh, 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 cases uh, where uh, uh, employees of the VA have been infected. What, what has that been like, Father? How are the doctors and nurses who are providing frontline care holding up? Well, it's been very stressful. You know, uh, the employee who is really a hero coming in every day to work, uh, some of them were infected. Some of them nationwide we've seen they have unfortunately died. But I have to report that uh, from what I hear uh, nationwide that uh, a lot of the em- employees did recover. Very, very few nationwide we hear that unfortunately passed away. I want to share the experience of one of my uh, staff chaplain who is uh, a Catholic priest, Father Eddie Conway, who, by the way, gave me the release information because he really wanted to share uh, what it was like for him to be um, suffering with coronavirus, and he really had quite a difficult time. And he tested positive. Tested positive, and he had all the symptoms quite severe, actually, obviously stayed home, as you know, that there was no other way, except if you really needed to be in a respirator. But his, I was under care, and the VA was very caring for him and reaching out. And he states that uh, he lived through the coronavirus, and he says that he had a lot of complaints because he never experienced anything like that, the sense of being powerless, and not to know what's going to happen next, because, you know, people have fears. Fears of this might end their lives. But he also said to me that as he reflected as a priest, he also saw it as God's blessing, in that now he experiences the suffering of what people go through when they have coronavirus, and this brings them closer to the people, not only coronavirus, obviously that being the discussion, but any other illness. You know, it's one thing when you are uh, ministering as a chaplain, and it's the other thing if you've been a patient, now you see things from different perspective. What, what kept him going, he tells me, is his faith, even though he felt all these uh, feelings, the sadness, the fear of the unknown, the feeling really exhausted and tired, not having energy. Uh, at the same time, his strong faith that kept him going. So he was telling me, which I also say the same, you can be afraid, you can feel hopelessness, but still have strong faith in God. Those are just feelings. We're talking to Father Andrew Cialetti, uh, Chief Chaplain at the VA New York Harbor Healthcare System. Father Cialetti serves 
with endorsement and faculties from the Archdiocese for the Military Services. Father Cialetti, can you share with us any anecdotal personal information, uh, uh, any experiences uh, providing care for the COVID-19 sufferers that you could uh, share with us that may have uh, uh, inspired your faith? Well, many, many, many stories. It's the resilience of uh, the veterans on non-veterans and uh, their uh, ability to, you know, trying to stay strong, especially through their faith. And that's what gives me comfort. You know, in the midst of uh, an illness, we all experience, uh, as I said, fear, sense of uh, the unknown, anxiety, but what I saw in them is their strong faith. Even the very few who died, they really uh, relied on the mercy and love of God that we also um, shared with them, you know. Uh, but the ones who recovered, which thank God are most people, is really their faith and also the support of their family and loved ones that uh, inspired me and actually inspires me. Um, it's terrible to be suffering and to be all alone and in that sense they didn't feel they were you know alone but not lonely what's been the experience of the folks who recovered uh, what's been your uh, interaction maybe share some conversations you've had with those well as i said one of them was father ed conway and other uh, veterans the experience uh, has been uh, quite uh, uh, much uh, similar, they're saying they never felt so sick. Uh, the fear of uh, have infected their loved ones. There was another concern, and also the unknown. You know, you hear so many things on the news constantly changing. Uh, would I be reinfected again? Is this going to damage my system? These are, you know, normal human fears. But in general, there was a sense of thanksgiving to God. And often uh, I hear that, thank God, the Lord, you know, especially in the Catholics, the Lord Jesus, the Mother of God, um, some of the saints that had devotion to really um, put me through, and uh, that was a sense of thanksgiving. Father Cialetti, how has this affected your personal life? What, have, what, what kinds of hours have you been putting in? Well, that's uh, <laughs> a good uh, question to answer. Um, what we have done and continue to do, we do some night rounds, as we call them. Myself, they go around, and uh, other chaplains, a psychologist, a social worker, and we stop and say hello to the staff on the uh, units. Uh, we bring in coffee, snacks, different things that uh, will keep them, you know, engaged. And that uh, has been a little bit difficult at times because, you know, my schedule has been altered. I got a few calls at night, uh, more than a few actually, and unfortunately since they couldn't come into the hospital, the loved ones had to be uh, comforted through uh, the phone and the physician, and they've been extremely cooperative. That has been uh, the personal experience. But personally myself, I always tell the folks you can have... Uh, fear and faith at the same time. I didn't experience fear, but I did experience the sense of unsettled uh, kind of a feeling, you know. I was trying to get sleep, which was important, exercise limited, obviously, you know, and prayer. What kept me going is prayer. 
In what ways do you see the hand of God at work in this public health emergency? Well, that's a very important question that most people say. You know, there are different people that have said, you know, why is this happening? Is this God's punishment? Uh, Is it something that I've done wrong, society has done wrong? And my answer to that is our Catholic faith tells us we have a loving and forgiving God. God doesn't inflict patient, I mean, uh, disease, but it's part of our human existence. We don't know why we suffer. Uh, But the hand of God is there that, number one, they were with one another, that uh, helped them to support them. As we say, there was uh, the saying in the military, no man is left behind. And that was something that comforted us, and we were all together, and that's where God is. God is in the pain and suffering. Uh, And Jesus, who suffered on the cross, is with us. You know, we don't have a God that is up in heaven and disconnected, but a God who has been uh, in the human reality and knows what it's like to suffer. And that's been what uh, comforted uh, all people and myself. That's where you see the hand of God. Father Cialetti, please describe, if you will, how the doctors and nurses are manifesting the great pressure they're under. And what do you make of the suicide of Dr. Lorna Breen, the emergency room doctor at New York Presbyterian Allen Hospital, who um, is said to have killed herself under the severe physical, emotional, and spiritual strain of working with COVID-19 patients? Well, first of all, uh, our prayers and thoughts uh, go to... uh the doctor who unfortunately committed suicide, or, you know, uh, completed suicide, rather. Uh, We cannot really know what she was going through emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically. Uh, But we do know that we have all the uh, resources, the preventive measures for our uh, frontline workers. It's not only physicians, nurses, uh, nurses' aides, you know, all the different people, but obviously the pressure has been very bad. But I want to say to remember her memory, her love that uh, she gave to the people she cared for. And suicide is a horrible thing. But at the same time, you know, it's a reality that uh, we can prevent. And thank God we have lots of lots of people uh, who are trained. And we as chaplains, that's one thing we uh, pay attention as we visit the staff, you know, we try to see, is there any indication of uh, a sense of hopelessness, which they might experience, and the classical symptoms of uh, suicide. So uh, that's something that we evaluate and we try to find out if uh, uh, there is, you know, any kind of warning, and then we connect them to our mental health professionals. But, you know, uh, a lot of staff will come to us, especially me as a priest, because we are really not going to judge them or give them a diagnosis, and we can approach it from the spiritual aspect. Have you done a lot of counseling with the staff? Absolutely. A lot of counseling, a lot of uh, one-to-one. And, in fact, the Catholic staff, uh, staff have been tremendous in open out their hearts, we had people like coming into confession, anointing. Um, then uh, some of them were been away uh, from the church, and uh, they came up to me and said, "You know, Father, I've not been in church for 20 years, 
So I said, well, this is the opportunity. God is here among us, and would you like to go to confession? And uh, in a very busy ICU, in fact, a few times, there were just the beeping of the sounds, everything, and I said, in your heart, you feel sorry for your sins. Yes, Father, and I gave them absolution and also um, a penance of trying your best for the night, if you want to call this, you know, which is really a penance. So it's been extremely... Um, uh, fulfilling for them and for me. I mean, I didn't realize how many people really, truly came to the Lord, you know, and those who um, are active Catholics, practice Catholics, you know, they wanted communion, you know, our churches have been closed. And yes, it was wonderful to have this virtual Mass, you know, in the absence of the real uh, Mass, not the real Mass, but being present in a church. And they couldn't receive communion, so that was always a big, you know, request. When I was going around, I bring the Eucharist, uh, and they received the Eucharist. Please put your experience in context for us, Father Cialetti. How does dealing with this pandemic stack up to your many other experiences as VA chaplain? As I said, you know, i never seen anything like that. Uh, September 11 was very tragic, and I was only a year in the VA, and... Uh, Similar fears and anxieties and all these human emotions came, but there was a beginning and the end. And as I speak to veterans, uh, they tell me the D-Day in World War II veterans. You know, it was one or two days and was over. Uh, and the problem is that this is something that we do not know when will end. So this has been extremely uh, difficult in putting in the context, you know, I can, you know, like any crisis, there's a beginning and the end. But unfortunately, this has been uh, something, you know, uncharted territory. However, humans are resilient, and especially us who have faith. And no matter what happens, we are going to make it through. And we see that over the centuries, you know, with famines and with uh, the terrible um, plagues, and people make it through, make it through to some sacrifice. So that's pretty much my reflection, but this is nothing ever seen before. Well, so here we are on May 15th, 2020. The first case in uh, the VA system was back on March 4th in Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. So we're a little over two months in. Do you have the sense that the worst is behind us now? Well, I'm a realistic optimist in saying that I think it is, provided that uh, we listen to our uh, scientists and medical uh, folks in uh, using all the precautions. You have to have strong faith faith, and also use uh, what they're telling us to do. So I feel have a realistic hope, uh, but we don't know. It's a very much an unknown, and that's kind of unsettling for some of us. I can never really say for sure that truly is over. Definitely uh, the uh, what I've seen the three, four weeks ago, that is over in terms of uh, the chaos and the surge. So things have settled down quite a bit. Yes, yes, yes. And I mentioned earlier uh, of the uh, over 11,000 patients uh, treated for, co- or for coronavirus uh, throughout the VA system, uh, that includes not only veterans, but um, VA employees and civilian patients. Correct. Correct. Uh, so uh, you've had your hands quite full, New York being the epicenter. 
Well, you know, uh, that was the other challenge because uh, we got non-veterans who were treated wonderfully by our staff, equally uh, with respect and love. Uh, but there was a little bit of a challenge because the families were, uh, in the beginning, a little bit confused, not confused by uh, not knowing this hospital. You know, it's not like any other hospital, civilian hospitals. So we helped them through, and that was obviously a learning curve. Uh, the Spanish speakers, that was a, a challenge that we took on as chaplains. Uh, myself and two other staff, three other uh, staff, two of the priests are fluent in Spanish and also have uh, one Protestant chaplain. She's uh, fluent in Spanish. So that was a great challenge because, you know, we're not really... Uh, it's not a day-to-day -day thing where we have a lot of Spanish speakers at the VA. Or there are, but, you know, they all speak English, the most of them. So that was definitely the challenge. And the culture, you know, it's a whole different culture. You know, people want to show up at the hospital with their whole family, and they couldn't do it. You know, they couldn't do it. Now, thank God, uh, the VA, with uh, very um, strict measures, does allow, if somebody is... Uh, in danger of death or very sick, they will allow a loved one to come in with all the, you know, PP and everything else. But there was a time nobody could come in. That's good to hear. So the families are starting to be able to be with their loved ones. Correct. Correct. How can the public support your efforts and those of the other chaplains in the VA, Father Cialetti? Well, uh, we have got a lot of support from, number one, prayers. That's the number one thing, keep on praying uh, for uh, the veterans, the non-veterans, those who suffer from this disease, well, all diseases, especially this disease. And we had uh, a lot of uh, generous people who donated food, donated snacks, cards. So uh, that was a great support. Uh, and lastly, you know, I don't know if uh, those who are not in New York will not know, at 7 p.m., the, one of the things that happens at 7 p.m. in New York City every day since the uh, pandemic, uh, folks uh, open their windows, and if they're lucky enough to have a terrace, and they have a pot and a pan, and they just, uh, and a wooden spoon, whatever what you do, they do, and whistles, and they make a happy noise, the cars um, beep, just to remind ourselves that uh, the healthcare workers, the people in the front line, and by the way, when I say healthcare workers, I want to include uh, the first respondents, the uh, uh, military, the police. Uh, there are so many people out there. You know, I keep thinking in the healthcare world, that's where I'm in, but so many of men and women who are out there, and just to give them a recognition, but prayer. And any kind of support, you know, like I said, I want to thank the local people, even people from a distance who sent us, uh, you know, uh, little treats, uh, cards, as I said, and perhaps uh, messages. Does the uh, show of support uh, through uh, banging the pots and pans uh, uh, help the morale of the healthcare workers, have you found? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely helps the morale because, you know, uh, it's kind of hard. They really constantly work. And uh, there is a little challenge for some of them, like, you know, they were saying when they go to the subway or they go to the 
bus, initially when people saw them in scrub, they really wanted to run away from them. You know, rightly so, they were a little afraid, the ones who were in. But I think in general, uh, the staff felt very much supported and very much cared for. Um, and that means a lot to them because, you know, it's a, a job. I say to them, this is a mission, not a job. Yes, you get paid, but my goodness, you get paid for something that you put your life, you know, in, in the front lines. In the military, at least, you have weapons to defend yourself, and here you don't know. You don't know how to defend your life without arms, except for the knowledge that you have and the faith you have. This is what uh, helps you day to day. We've been talking to Chaplain Father Andrew Cialetti, the chief chaplain at the VA New York Harbor Healthcare System, the epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States. Father Cialetti, I hope that when this is over with, you will have time to take a long vacation. Well, you know, that's a good one because I'm originally from Italy and uh, I am... uh, Looking forward to see my family. I've been FaceTiming, and uh, I'm looking uh, optimistic and realistic the time I can visit and also visit uh, in the United States. I mean, you know, there's been a challenge to be kind of uh, locked in, but it's all worth it. It's worth it. Let's put it that way. Well, thank you so much, Father, for not only talking to us today, but more importantly, the service you're providing to the, uh, the COVID-19 sufferers, their families, and the healthcare workers there in New York. And I just want to also uh, end by saying, I want to thank, you know, we are um, endorsed by the military archdiocese, and I personally got a call from Bishop Coffey and Bishop Higgins, who is retired, which they were very attentive, you know, in calling each priest to see how we are doing. And there was a great... Um, support that we got. And that's Bishop Joseph Coffey, who is the Episcopal Vicar for Veterans Affairs, and the retired Episcopal Vicar for Veterans Affairs, Bishop Richard Higgins. Father Andrew Cialetti, thank you so much for joining us by phone from New York City. Okay, thanks again, and uh, as I said, keep praying for us. We pray for one another, and stay always hopeful that the Lord is in our midst.